Welcome back, beautiful souls, to our fourth episode of Spirituality with Kayun. Today, I want to talk about the importance of spiritual gatherings and how associating with like-minded people can bring greater happiness and joy into our lives. Last week, I shared with you my first visits at an ashram or a spiritual school. Every night, there is a program called satsang, which is a spiritual gathering. Having no idea what it was, I walked straight into the session. The space was all dark when I entered. I was running a few minutes late and probably missed the teacher's instructions. I couldn't see very clearly what was going on, but saw everyone sitting in stillness. I found a spot and sat down myself. As I looked around, there were no movements at all. I could barely hear any sounds inside the room. All I heard were crickets and the wind blowing outside. Wasn't sure exactly what to do. I closed my eyes and just followed everyone else. Five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes passed and we were still sitting. My monkey mind was wondering how much longer will we sit like this for? Every other minute, I would peek to see if everyone still had their eyes closed, and surely they did. I started feeling tired and sleepy. After about half an hour, there was a deep, long... Um... Not just once, not twice, but three times. Now, if you've never heard of the sound before, you can try humming this powerful mantra or sacred sound. You may be able to feel the immediate soothing effects from the sound vibration. Om is actually the sound of creation. It is the primordial sound of the universe. Scientists say that the Big Bang sound is a long hum, which sounds just like Om. Whenever I chant or hear this mantra, I always come back to the present moment and return to my inner self. That is why it is often chanted at the beginning or at the end of a yoga asana practice or a meditation session. So the three ohms woke me up from my nap during the sasan. The lights turned on and there I saw three people dressed in orange, sitting on an elevated platform in the front of the hall. They looked like enlightened beings, I thought. I later learned that they were swamis, or monks, in yogic tradition. The word swami means spiritual teacher or master. It literally translates as he who is one with the self, or he who knows and is a master of the mind and the senses. When we are able to have control over the smaller self, which includes our ego and our habit patterns, the eternal self within may shine through. The act of becoming a Swami is not so much an act of becoming or adding on. Rather, it is more about letting go, setting aside, or subtracting. It is an act of renouncing. It is renunciation, meaning one gives up material life and all worldly pursuits. This reminds me of the man who asked Buddha what he gained from meditation. The Buddha replied, 
nothing at all. But let me tell you what I lost through meditation. Sickness, anger, depression, insecurity, the burden of old age, and the fear of death. That is the good of meditation, which leads to enlightenment. Similarly, a Swami is able to let go of everything and devotes his time, energy, and effort towards reaching the final goal, known as samadhi, which means self-realization or enlightenment. In fact, the orange color of their robes symbolizes fire, or the color of the sun, or light. Fire has the power to burn away all impurities and give us determination to reject all kinds of temptations and desires in the material world. Swamis also see themselves as an instrument or a vessel of the divine here on this earth to spread love and light and to unconditionally serve all living beings everywhere. One of the swamis asks us to turn to a certain page in a chant book that had already been placed in front of me. He started singing something called the daily chants. I had no clue what he was singing or that the language he was chanting in was in Sanskrit. As he chanted, my mind was wandering all over the place and noticing the interesting and colorful murals on the walls. It was captivating. But again, I had no idea what they were drawings of. They seemed to be divine beings and they were all sitting on different animals and holding various types of items in their hands, such as weapons, instruments, lotuses, beads, books, gold pots, gold coins, and more. The chanting went on for about 45 minutes or so. After that, another one of the enlightened beings started to talk or preach. I was too tired from the long day of traveling to really absorb anything he said. Actually, it was more because I was too new to understand such deep spiritual discourses. Before I continue, let me explain further to you what sasan really means. It is another Sanskrit term that is derived from two root words. The first is sat, which means true or eternal. The second is sangha, which means a community. So sasan is when a group of like-minded individuals or yogis come together to practice and seek the truth. Traditionally, sasan refers to association with an enlightened being. In modern times, it is often defined as a gathering that involves meditation, chanting, discussion, reflection, or philosophical teachings. I'll actually be holding a special gathering to meditate and reflect on 2022 together on December 30th in Hong Kong. It will also be held online if you're interested in joining live in person or online. Send me a message on Instagram, kyun underscore. The benefits of Sasan are immense. Having a community or people who are also on this journey to talk to is especially important for our spiritual growth. 
And even if we're quite steady on this path, we know how easy it is, again, to become attached to worldly pursuits and get pulled back into this beautiful material world that we call Maya. So these sessions not only uplifts us, but helps to remove our ego, attachments, aversions, ignorance, fear, as well as obstacles on our spiritual journey. Sasans keeps us engaged in learning, particularly learning about our true self. And it brings us greater wisdom and inner peace. It is really like food that nourishes our souls. So 6 a.m. Sasan, the Swami said, in my mind, I knew I would still be sleeping at that time and wonder if everyone would actually wake up so early. Surely, I didn't see a difference between sleeping in and coming to sleep in the meditation. By the exit, there were two girls standing there with a big smile on their faces. Each were holding a plate of sweet. They called Prasad, which they explained was a divine gift. I gladly accepted. Feeling blessed, I went back to my tiny, simple room made out of logs of wood and slept like a baby. The next day, I obviously slept past the sasan and even skipped the morning yoga asana practice. It was time for brunch by the time I woke up. Next week, I will share with you the wholesome diet yogis follow at the ashram. Stay tuned for the following episode. I actually just started this podcast last month and would love to hear your thoughts, comments, and sharing. You can find me on Instagram to stay connected. My handle is kyun underscore. Sending you all lots of love and lights. Namaste, everyone.